Welcome to the Wellbeing and Career World podcast. I'm delighted to be chatting with Cathy Bowers. Cathy was born into an adoptive family alongside a twin brother. They were raised in a home filled with laughter, music and a passion for dance, starting ballet at a tender age of three and continuing it until adolescence. Cathy's journey took a pivotal turn after a remarkable 20-year career as a family practitioner specialising in social care and children and families. Recognising the boundless potential beyond the constraints of traditional roles, she transitioned into a remarkable career as a parenting, teen and life coach. With an extensive 40-year legacy, my guest has tirelessly supported parents and their children across every facet of parenting, including navigating behavioural challenges. Cathy's expertise extends to crafting solutions, enhancing communications, establishing essential boundaries and routines and offering tailored guidance to families in diverse settings. Driven by an unwavering passion for her work, she brings a firm belief that everyone holds the capacity for transformation. Cathy's coaching endeavours are grounded in the unwavering conviction that with guidance, all parents can evolve into their best selves. On today's podcast, we'll be chatting about unlocking parent-child understanding. A very welcome podcast, Cathy Bowers. How are you today, Cathy? I'm well, David. Thank you for asking me along to your podcast. I'm really um, looking forward to this. Yeah, no, my, my pleasure. So let's get this started. So where are you right now on planet Earth? Right. I'm in the UK in a place called Watford, which is in Hertfordshire. And that has a good football team, doesn't it? But Elton John was involved in, I believe, is it? I think so. But unfortunately, I'm not a footy person. But yes, I see regular families going to the matches down there. And and if if you were giving a TripAdvisor rating for somebody that was looking for a view of Watford, what's the most famous thing in Watford? And what would you do to entice them to come and visit Watford? Right. I mean, the only thing is really in Watford would be the football team, I think. Or- we, haven't got any <laughs> la- la- we haven't got any landmarks as such. But right. we're nicer. We're nicely placed. We You can get into central London on the fast train in 18 minutes. So that's good. Um, we've got lots of uh, places nearby called St Albans. That's historical. It's got oh, yes. a big cathedral, um, and that's by car or bus. It's probably about 15, 20 minutes away, and that's a very nice place to go. It's full of interest. Um, we've got the Roman ruins and lots of things. So there's lots of countryside near us as well. You don't have to take long to get out to find different areas, and we've got and, and, canals and- nearby. Any good eateries, anything you suggest in terms of local delicacies? Uh, there's um, a place called The Florist, which I love going to. That's local. Um, I've always had good meals there. They do a variety of mixed menu, um, and the cocktails are nice as well. Um, it's just, you know, high standard, and it doesn't cost that much. It's probably about £25 for a two- or three-course meal. All right, okay. That's what, so you get a true. very good review. David, the florist will be delighted with your feedback. Yes, they, no, they love it. They'll be over <laughs> the moon. <laughs> so I gave a brief introduction about your background. Can you let listeners know a little bit more about yourself? Right. Um, well, I started at the age of 16 as a nursery nurse working in various settings, schools, nurseries, day nurseries, um, children's homes, and agency work with children and families. And then I progressed to working in social care and children's service, which I did for the last 20 years, um, as a family support practitioner. 
it meant I went into the children's homes and helped parents make changes to hopefully keep the children at home, improve family life and relationships. And then t- 2018, I trained as a performance coach and I brought that into the mix, which helped the parents do a lot more for themselves. And th- the turnaround was about 70% of achievement, which was great. But um, I got disillusioned because when I first started 20 years ago, the children I could work with maybe for a family six months or a year, just depended on what was going on. But then they changed it to making it only six weeks. And um, I didn't feel that was enough for a family that was entrenched with problems. So um, I wanted to start my life coaching and parenting business, but it took a while to, because I'm not IT really, and it took a while, then COVID came in. And so I'm really happy with, I've got things off the ground now. You know, my website's right. Um, I know how to put the posts and things out, which I learned. Um, so I'm just really ready to go to help um, parents who are ready, who've tried things with parenting and who want to improve their relationship and want to improve their communication and understanding of how to support their children, all their children, and find the right boundaries and routines that work for their family. So why do you think so then they, they, they reduce it to the six weeks? I think it's just a time scale because the social workers maybe had, I don't know, 40, 50 cases and they're going to courts and things. It's just time, you know, lots of families, but we don't really have enough services to support everybody, which was a real shame, a very real shame. And the boss that I had originally started with, she was the one that built up the family support service. And when she left, they just you know, split it up and did all sorts of things with it, which was wrong. So so when did this all start in terms of your passion of, you know, wanting to help others, um, it, especially, especially in like parenting and family coaching and so on? What, 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 what was, where did that kind of love and passion come from? It started when I was 16, working in the schools, when I was training as a nursery nurse, getting to know the kids and the families and seeing how, um, you know, they were having difficulties. Weren't too bad, but, you know, certain difficulties with parenting. And I just progressed. I just really liked people, really liked helping parents. And it just went on from there. And then when I got into the social care setting 20 years ago, that's when I really saw the families that were entrenched with problems and how, in my view, they weren't getting the right support that they needed or, um, you know, being considered um, their opinions and their views. It was like it was one size fits all rather than looking at them individually and holistically. And I'm a holistic coach. Um, I do therapies, massaging, and I'm also a Reiki practitioner. So I've done that for over 25 years more. So I've always had that idea in myself of how people should be treated, you know, completely holistically. And um, so when I did my life change coaching, um, I've just kept that with it. And I just feel now at this time, I finally found my, it's taken me a long time, but I finally found my vocation. This is where I want to be. And I want to be able to tell parents, Everyone can make change. You can, you know, you just have to be willing to do it and take that responsibility. 
Can I ask, like you mentioned there about you're a, you're a Reiki practitioner. What what is, so for somebody, say, as ignorant as myself, um, <laughs> what, what what is a Reiki practitioner? What's the benefits of Reiki and how, you oh, know, is it some Reiki. sort of dark art? <laughs> it's not, not a dark art. It's meant to be like a universe. We're all connected universally with energies. You know, it's like the um, the chakras of the body gives off energy in certain parts of your body um which are connected to your body parts and things and reiki it's you can either do a hands-on or you can have the hands just above the body and it helps you um physically spiritually and emotionally it's actually practiced a lot in some of the hospitals in the uk i'm sure probably in ireland as well um especially for people who've got terminal illnesses just to um heal and support them and the nice thing about reiki is you don't have to believe that it's going to work it just does so you don't have to be a believer of reiki right and in what way does it does it just work i mean is a case of um if if you were doing say reiki on me will will i feel <laughs> anything will i sense anything or yeah, you should um some sometimes you don't feel it immediately but afterwards you do i mean you can do um reiki which is sent you know I can, I can send it to someone in another country a range of time to do it and um you actually feel it you feel extremely relaxed you feel um you might feel tingling of the body um but you just when you you set this time to receive the reiki from me you actually um feel it i mean you literally can go off to sleep when you're having the treatment which is probably 20 20 minutes 30 minutes right and, 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 it and is it is it a helps. gift? Is it a gift, or do you have to be trained? The reason I'm asking trained. this is, just, no, oh, you have to be you trained. To be oh, okay. Trained. Yeah, trained, and from a, a Reiki master. So and it's not, it's not like a spiritual first, type of thing. Well, it is spiritual. It's but it's also does a lot. I mean, people use it for the um, the physical because um, it can heal and balance your um, your condition, what you've got inside you. You know, if you've got I don't know trouble with your intestinal intestines or you've got um arms uh, sprained arms d damage on your ligaments so lots of things that can help like that but it's also spiritually um connected that's amazing no no it's it's, it's yeah great. it's it's it's, no, it's a, i guarantee you know i mean look it up i mean the, the guy that's been teaching and training me for years he does a thing every tuesday evening um, from YouTube, Torsten Lang is his name, and it's called the Reiki Evolution. And anyone can just click in. You don't have to pay. Click in and see the court things. And there is so much. I mean, he's done. Um, he's now got. Ex he did experiments, which he paid for him himself, of treating water, ordinary tap water, in laboratories in Switzerland and Germany, and they filmed the crystallization of the water before he treated to the treating and then afterwards. So it actually shows the molecules after treatment changes. And that's like our body because we've got so much uh, water in us, haven't we? Yeah. Well, so it's now it's a now he's actually proven it's not a fad, it's not a weird and wonderful thing. It's actually evidenced, which is great. And what's his so name? Is it Reiki Torsten Reiki Lang, Revolution. is it? Torsten, yeah. Torsten T O R S T E N L A N G E. And it's a Reiki Revolution Reiki on Revolution. YouTube. 
There you go. Anybody listening? Reiki Revolution. And okay. Tuesday at 8 p.m. UK time. All right. Okay. Well, he's getting a good old plug there. He is at the moment. So yeah, no, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I will spread the word with Reiki because we're all connected. You know, we're all sort of universally connected through energy because we are energy matter, aren't we? Really. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, the amount of people are talking on on the podcast and and uh, exactly what you've said there. I mean, even uh, they, they they talk you know spiritually and yeah. that's why I always I, I always like going to to find out why, you know, why they believe this or is it a gift from when they were born yeah. or did they have to train in it? And that it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very, yeah. very, very interesting. So tell me this then. Um, let's move on to the main topic of the podcast. So parent-child understanding. Uh, what What's that all about in the most simplistic form of answer you can give? Um, why, why is it crucial for families? How we communicate with our children is vital. And adults sometimes treat our children as mini adults or our friends. So we don't really take into consideration their ages or their ability to, of understanding. And there's really two, two forms of parenting. There's negative or positive parenting. And the positive parenting is the one I want to obviously concentrate on, is when you put the child at the main focus of everything you know, even before your own adult problems or life. And the, and you um, really have to look at your body language, because that's part of communication, your eye contact, your tone of voice with your children and your availability and how consistent. It's important to be consistent when you um, talk with your children and engage and you praise and show love. It's It's vital. And finding the right routines and boundaries that suit your particular family because every family is different and every child is different and especially their ages and is i mean is there any for any parent listening to this podcast or any uh, uh child um who's allowed to listen to this podcast um is there any perfect relationship out there or is a little bit of the bumps in the road to be expected as we go through the journey? Yeah, there's, there's no such thing as the perfect relationship, even between adults or family, your own family. You're going to go ups and downs. Life is like a river, isn't it? It flows in all different directions and it just depends. You're going to have the smooth and have the bumps, but it's it's a rough and the smooth and the bumps that give you the appreciation of when it is a good time. And then also when you know things are going wrong, that's when you have to stop and think, hold on a minute, what needs to be done differently? What can I actually do to improve this situation uh, for my family, for my kids? What am I doing that I've got control over or do I need some help here? to sort things out that are causing the problem for me, which is then impacting on my children. Do, do you think things have changed over the years in terms of how parenting is now to maybe what it was 20 or 30 years ago? Are oh, parents def- more relaxed now, are they? Uh, no, I think it's the opposite. I said years ago, we used to have this thing where the man would go to work, the woman would stay at home, there'd be other women to support each other. The families would live near each other. I know in Ireland we used to have lots of families that would live near each other, so you had lots of relationships, you know, that you could support, sort of aunties, cousins, 
grandparents could support you. Um, I know where I live in 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 England, the family now is just you. Sometimes it can just be two parents, and the fam their families are away, so they've got no support of anyone that can come in and give them a break. Say, let let me take your kids, you know, and I'll, I'll babysit for the night. The night, or a grandma can say, well, I'll have them for the weekend, and you two can go off and just enjoy one another's company. So you've got a lot of pressure like that because you're twenty four seven parenting, and if you're a single parent, it's even harder. But also on top of that, most people have to go to work because of the cost of living and you know paying rents and things. So you've got outside pressure, you've got your work pressure, you've got the pressure of what your bosses want you to do. And you can't necessarily shut that off. So you bring that home into the environment, you bring that stress back into the environment. You've got financial um, stress because everything's costing cra crazy price, electrics, you know, gas and all that now, your heating, your food bills. So I think parenting is far more difficult now because of all the other things that we're, we're having to deal with and the child, so say that in a situation where because of certain factors like the cost of living and bills and so on, and both parents having to work, and maybe the child is being either put into a, a creche, a nursery, some sort of day school, or maybe the grandparents are actually taking out, you know, looking after the child. Is that a negative thing for the long term for the child that they're not having that kind of bonding with, with their actual parents? No, the nursery and the involvement with the um a grandparent is great, it's extra bits, but it's vital that the parents also engage and have quality time with their children each day when, when they come home from work. It's vital that they do that. And and if the say 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 mummy and daddy or or daddy and daddy or mummy and mummy are listening to this uh, podcast at the moment, um, you know, what would you say to them if they've had a hard day's work, they're under stress, under pressure, and and uh you know, little Johnny or Mary is kind of uh, very active and wants a, wants a bit of attention, and but mummy, mummy and daddy are, are exhausted. And um, what what suggestions would you have to them to manage that situation? You have to look at what's causing that stress, and you have to make alterations um, for you to be able to control it. If you if you need to speak to your boss and say, look, you know, this is a workload I'm managing. Um, but if you're press pressing too much on me, give me extra bits, I'm not going to do my job as efficiently as you want. So if you, you know, give me so much, you have to start to say no um, and be honest, you know, with your boss. I mean, I've been in that situation and I've just put my hands up and I said, this is my limit of what I can do well for you. Um, and if you let me do this, I'll complete that task and then I can take another one on. But if you overload me, everything's going to not not work how it should. And, you know, stick to your contract. It's a legal binding um, document. And say, don't take work home, don't, you know, because the more you start doing that, they just keep dumping it on. And they don't actually give you any extra um, reward for it or financial reward. They don't even acknowledge that you've got that. So you have to really ensure that you're you have quality time at home and you have space for yourself. You need to find quality time for yourself in the day or the evening, even if it's half an hour to start with while the other person looks after your, your child. You both have to have that for headspace and for calming yourself down. 
and definitely let your children know that they are the first thing that you prioritise with them. Do, do children need discipline? Yes. I mean, and, and in what <laughs> way? And what way discipline? I mean, because obviously people have different perception what discipline actually yeah. means. In what way would you would you say if a parent was to discipline a child? How 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 would you suggest? Well, discipline is, is like routines are very important. They've got to know their expectations, what people expect from them and what's right, because it's a social, you know, we live in a social world and they have to learn to uh, play with their friends and mix nicely and listen and turn take. So it's a question of just having a few rules where they know um, what's expected of them, how they're expected to behave. And if they're not doing things, you know, you, you get them involved. If they can, if they're at an age where they can enjoy and learn about the boundaries and contribute, you know, you say to them, okay, so if what we do in the house is we don't hit anyone or break each other's toys or go into each other's rooms and help ourselves to our siblings' personal stuff, and then you can sort of say, you know, if this is the case, you know, what will you do? You know, you make a decision of something that they will know. Maybe you take, I don't know, a phone away or or something or or they can't watch the television for that night. So they learned that certain steps come with certain actions if they're the wrong ones. But the main thing with disciplining is you're not looking to tell them off and, and you're doing it in a positive way. It's a reinforcement because it's it gives structure it gives yeah. security the ch to the child, having those routines that they can fall back on. They know what mum and dad expect of them, which has to be explained. And you praise them because negative parenting, you know, you're, you're smacking, you're shouting at them, you're belittling them, doesn't help anyone. But positive praise, helping your child, for example, you want them to tidy up their room, but they might have become so overwhelmed with their room and it's got toys on the floor, clothes everywhere. It's far better to go into the room with them and say, right, let me help you. What would you like me to help start tidying up for you? Give them an option to, you know, your younger children to tell you what they need and they'll start doing it. And no one gets tense then because the job's done and eventually your children will learn to do it themselves. What about then a parent who maybe feels a bit guilty because uh, they're out of the house a lot and they're working and they mightn't see the child or children as much and they kind of spoil them with anything they want. And they, they kind of, you mentioned before, maybe they become a friend to the child um, rather than a parent. I mean, is it a case of that? Is, is Has parenting gotten softer, although it might be harder? No, it's not softer. It's just some parents don't feel that they should tell their children off because they've got this fear, underlying fear, that their parent's not going to like them or love them anymore. And that, that's not so. You know, you are their mum or their dad, and they'll always love mummy and daddy. Um, but you're not doing them any favours if you're giving in to their every need. You're not teaching them um, the rules of how we communicate with one another, what's acceptable. Because remember, your kids look at everything you do. They copy you. So if you've got bad habits, the first thing you must do yourself 
if you don't want your child to swear, you've got to stop swearing. If you don't want your child to hit others, you've got to stop fighting or screaming or, you know, so they will watch you and they will copy you. They will mimic you. And so what you're going to see is your children will respond to how you're responding and you're going to get that same behavior back. What about them for, say, single parenting? Um is it much more difficult for a single parent or a little bit easier? Uh, because obviously there's no, I, there's no heard, conflicting opinions. <laughs> yeah, this is it. I mean, I found for myself when I became a single parent, it was easier because I, I was the one that always putting them in the rules and the boundaries anyway. Um, so that never changed. And it was far easier than having conflict all the time because my other half didn't really do anything. He didn't engage with them. Um, to sort, you know, to give them sort of direction of how they should behave. I mean, there was evidence, evidence like they were eating at the table and I was cooking and um, they were just having, emptying the plates and putting them over each other's heads. And he was just sitting there and not saying anything. And right. Kate walked into the room and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And he should have said, no, this is how we sit at the table, we eat. We don't just pour bowls of cereal over each other and, you know. So it was far easier when he wasn't there because they knew their rules and their regulations of what was expected of them, and it went smoothly. But saying that when they went to stay with him, he didn't put in those routines, which was important, you know, their bedtime routines, their age um, viewing of what they could could watch on television and things. Um he just let them do anything and everything, but that was because he was trying to get through to me through the children. And unfortunately, when they came back after a weekend being with him, the school used to say, we can always tell when he's had them because their behaviour and their lack of concentration um, at school had taken three days to calm down again. So, so how 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 would you suggest suggest to manage that then? So with with the other parent, uh, even with the school um, or some sort of mediation. I mean, how how would you suggest to manage that that it it doesn't become a regular occurrence that both parents are actually on the same page? Well, if you can get them in, the school used to get them in. We used to have meetings and try and talk. But some parents they they're so far gone with each other that that's not going to happen. So all you can do is literally, I mean, my children, I got the bad behaviour when they came back because they, I realised they were testing me to see that I wasn't going to go up, go and leave them, you know. Right. So they were testing my love. And so I just had to um, reassure them, reassure them all the time that I was there and, you know, I didn't like this behaviour. It didn't mean I didn't like them, but certain times of things of their behaviour, I didn't like that and that will go you know, to some form of um, grounding or timeout or whatever it would be. But um, it was just all the time that you had to make sure that your kids felt safe with you, secured, loved, praised by you. And if you can concentrate on the good behaviour that they're doing rather than the negative, you only sort of do the negative if they're going to harm someone else or harm themselves, then you have to step in immediately. And did that affect them in any way as they're growing up? I mean, you mentioned there that you know you showed them the love and you showed them the support, but did they ever come? Yeah, to you I mean, I, I, I think they were damaged from the divorce. Definitely, I could see that. 
Um, but unfortunately, like every parent, you don't go into a relationship with having your partner and then having your children. You don't think, oh, this this is doomed, it's going to break up. No parent wants that. And no parent, certainly, if they love their children, wants to have that damage done to their children. So it's vital for parents, you know, if you are divorced or separated, um, that you put those differences aside because you love your kids and in, make sure that you work on the same routines, the same boundaries, and you never talk um, adult talk in front of the children. You never share things with your children, you know, which are adult things about your other half, which uh, unfortunately is so easily done. And it, it just destroys them because they're innocent. They're innocent to this. They love their mummy. They love their daddy. And, and relationship-wise, I mean, for your kids in, in that situation, I mean, do they find it difficult to trust others now? Yeah, no matter if it's like a friend or 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 no no that 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 worked out. I mean, you know, they got, went through. They were made good friends um, throughout their life. Um, they're all happily in relationships now. Um, no, so I was lucky to say that they they didn't, and it was just a consistency. And I said, right, you have to have a relationship with your father, but as you get older, you will choose how you want to have that relationship. And, you know, obviously I'll step out of it because I'm not there. And it got easier when I didn't have to be involved with that. Um, and they have a good good enough relationship with, with him. And I just, the only thing I used to say was when you did spend time with your dad, I just wanted to make sure that he was treating you well. And if anything that was upsetting you, you must tell me so I can support you with this. Well, that's, I mean, that's great support and great advice. I mean, in hindsight, looking back, would you, for anybody who's going through something now similar, would you do anything <laughs> different? No, just, just to make sure that I'm put my kids 100% and protect them as best I can and be aware, really listen. And also, they don't always, can. they can't always express verbally. So they might be acting out in a way because there's something's upsetting them so really pick up the cue you know cues because you know your kids and and really keep an eye and an ear out for everything that they're doing no that's, a, that's great advice so we move on then to uh the, the famous term that's called helicopter parenting what is helicopter <laughs> parenting and it, 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 I'm assuming it's just hovering over the child continuously, is it? Yeah, it's it's basically taking full control and, in a way, living your life through their eyes. So you're telling them what to do, what to expect. You might be directing them um, into doing, if you've got a business that you want to push on to your children in, in you know later years and you when you retire. So you might be doing, channeling them for that. You might be wanting them to go to university, although they might not be academic in that way. So you're doing all the things, but then all of a sudden, you might suddenly say to them, okay, then, will you do this? And they will look at you because you've been managing and doing it all for them. They're lost. They haven't got the confidence because you haven't allowed them to test the waters, try, make mistakes, pick up and, and try things again. So it's it doesn't go well for their self-esteem and their confidence. So what about the child in that situation? So if if mummy and daddy or parents are saying, look, you know, I want you to play 
hockey or football. That's what daddy did and mummy did. And yeah. what would what would you suggest to the child in that situation to actually say to mummy and daddy, you know, in a calm way, um, I don't want to do this without any repercussions? Well, it, 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 depend, <laughs> it depends on the age of the child, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the child can say, I don't like this, it hurts or I'm not interested. But the parent might still um, push them to do it regardless, right. you know. Uh, lots of mums like the girls to do ballet and dance and things like that, but you might find the girl doesn't want to do that. She'd, if she does do something, she'd rather do gymnastics. Um, but it would you because the, the teachers will see these things going on. They will see um, if the child is getting on or if the child is just standing there rather than doing not doing it. Um, <laughs> so that that's a good incentive that. Hold on a minute. I don't think your child is really interested in doing hockey. I mean, you have to play hockey to a degree on school or Hurley, didn't you? You used to do it like blocks of three months and then they do something else afterwards. I hated hockey. The first time I went on the hockey field, this um, teacher was showing us how to do hold the hockey stick and we hadn't even started the game and she'd um, winded someone with the arm of the hockey stick behind her and she cracks she cracks someone on the shoulder and someone else on the ankle just moving swinging it and i just saw this game's dangerous you know so i just thought no i'm not i'm not going to get involved in this <laughs> it is is it good then for I me mean, for the the parents to show an interest in what the child likes in terms of hobbies or interests or is that just no not cool especially no, the older very... the child gets no, no. It, the thing is, if you start, if you really get involved with your child from the word go, you know, from baby onwards, and you really watch them, you see them growing, you see them developing, you are encouraging them to look at baby books to read, etc. You're giving them activities, you're taking them to the park to climb up on apparatus and the swings and things, learning to ride bikes, scooters, roller skate, kick a ball around. So teaching them um, if you want to play cricket or something or basketball as they get older so you start to see and you'll also see you're doing craft work with them you're doing art you know painting and clay making and dressing up and acting you do so much with the children that you'll start to see their character developing you they will show you their interests and that you take the lead from them you know and you say oh would you like they might say oh i i want to do football or um I, I like to do some dance or, you know, whatever it is. They, You have to, as a parent, take that lead from them and encourage them. And they might do a hobby for a while and they might think, oh, I've got bored with that, I'll do something else. And some children go through three, four different types of hobbies. Um, but the more things you do with them, the more you're opening up their world. You know, you take them on long walks and hikes on the weekend, do things, explore, go camping with them, take them fishing. There's so much you can do. What about, so the child is growing up now and mm -hmm. becoming a teenager and comes in to say, yep. I, I'm in love with uh, such and such, or I love him or I love her. How do you manage mm -hmm. that situation from your little baby child and all of a sudden telling you they love this guy or this girl and they want to spend the rest of their life with them and they're only 14 or 15. How, how do you manage right, that, that as a parent? <laughs> it's The first thing, it's um, great that they can feel that they can open up to you. They can tell you 
That's wonderful. You're doing a good parenting job if they come back to you to talk about things. You know, and you don't discourage them. You just sort of say, oh, you know, invite them around. Um, what what are the, what are they like? And you can talk about your experiences and, in, in, you know, you share your experiences with them when you were their age. And, and what so about then the dreaded you don't like them? You don't like who they're with. How do you manage that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The more you say you don't like them, the more you push them into those arms. Right. So... You've got to sort of ask, you know, encourage them to have them to come round. And, you know, so you're trying to make any friend that's worth having and knowing, you know, whether it's a friend or it's a relationship, um, which is more intimate, um, let they have to feel that they can bring their, their friends home. If they can't bring them home, there's something wrong with that friendship. They're in a wrong crowd. Something's not right. Or... You might be the parent who is so um, critical of everything that they don't feel they can. They want to bring the um, friend home to that house. Right. So for any parents out there, if, if you don't like the boyfriend or girlfriend, you need to learn mm. to love them because if you don't yeah. love them, it might have the opposite effect. Yeah. Or, or like them. <laughs> give, give them the benefit of the doubt because let's face it, first loves don't really last for long anyway. Um, and they go off. But it, it's it's... You have to show your children that you're supporting them and let them know that you're there for them no matter what happens. How how do you, considering the world that we're in now with social media and a lot of the pressures that probably kids find themselves on, like materialistic things and having to compete and dance and on these apps and so on, how do you foresee the future of the relationship between parent and, and, and a child. Do you think it'll change even more than what it was, say, 10 or 20 years ago? Um, I don't think so. I think it's entirely up to it, taking family by family. But I think what, unfortunately, the social media, um, there's a lot of false news out there and children will see stuff and they will take it as gospel. They will believe stuff automatically. This is, this is I'm seeing it on the re, on the reality shows I'm seeing it um, on my laptop or on my phone, so it must be real. So it's good when you when your children are watching all these reality TVs, sitting with them and watch it with them, and say to them, you know, ask them, what do you like about this? What do you see this is about? Do you think do you think this is um, in your view? Does this look like a normal relationship, for example? Or when you see all the girls, for example, all the plastic surgery they've had. You know, that that really impacts on girls who aren't particularly, um, haven't developed or they don't feel they've got um, a body image that they want, you know, like a stick image. I mean, so many kids are dieting, boys and girls, trying to lose weight because they see these stick figures. Um, so you really must talk to them about their health and their image and how they see things. And say, you know, it's what's inside that counts. Yes, you can improve yourself. You can have a good, um, better hairstyle or whatever you want to do or choose a different way of how you want to dress. But you don't need to have all these um, injections in your lips and, you know, your boob jobs or whatever. That's, that's, <laughs> un that's unnecessary. And yeah. if you're, as a parent, if you've been bringing up and building that confidence and that self-esteem with your child on a daily basis through all your 
guidance you've been offering and all the praise you've been giving them, they should have a good feeling about themselves. It's, you know, exactly what you're saying. It's, it's um, I mean, because I have family and I have young kids as well, and they're on the social media a lot. And um, mm. I do find that it's, it's uh, as, as you mentioned, like what they see, they believe. And then if, yeah. if daddy says something, it's like daddy has no idea. Daddy's, daddy has no clue. He's he he's never he's never been on the planet before. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I mean, one of my my daughter, she used to watch Friends years ago and all the things in the you know America and that. She was convinced that every house in America was like a movie stars. All right, she was convinced, <laughs> and she was going to go and live there because our our houses in Britain were rubbish. You know, we were like in a shack compared. And I said, but that's not you're you're seeing a, a portion of a show. It's not it's not real. So luckily, I had a friend who, at a school who was an American from Colorado. And I said, have you got any pictures of your house over there? She said, yeah, got those of them. And I said, and the inside of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, could you show my daughter this? And my daughter looked at this house because it was made of like corrugated iron on the outside. And she went, that's not a house. That's a shack. That's a shed. And she says, no, no, it, it's a house. Everyone in our town, they're, all the houses are like this. Look, this is what my neighbours, you can see, you know, there's a row of our street, six houses I can show you in this picture, and they're all the same. And she's looking. She said, but look, inside, and she showed inside, what, and she'd done quite, you know, it was really nice inside. So she said, you're in a fantasy, <laughs> fantasy world that does not exist, you know, in every street of America like that. And, she and went, did she oh. have doubts then? Did she think that you were maybe telling her untruths, if you know what I mean? No, she didn't. When she saw the photograph, it was, you know, obviously my friend was saying, well, look, you know where I live. I'm told you it's Colorado. I'll tell you what. So she had the proof that realised that what she was seeing on the TV, on the films and things, wasn't necessarily everybody. This is the reality, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the reality. But it, she was very disappointed after that because she said, oh, I'm not going to go and bother living in America then. <laughs> so, <laughs> all, be, all because of a house. How yeah. dare you, friends, cast, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to the business side. So I'm looking at your website, be very nosy. So it's lifechangingcoaching.co.uk. And mm -hmm. you have um, information about yourself. You have packages, services. So generally... What services do you provide and how does the process work? Right. Well, first of all, I on my website, there's a link for you to book an exploratory session with me, which is a 30-minute Zoom call, just for you to tell me what's going on for you, what you feel you're stuck with and what you want to change. And then I'll tell you a little about me and how coaching process works. And um, if coaching's right for you, then we can go and you know set up the coaching package and things. But after you're speaking to me, I will see, for example, if um, your package would be uh, more boundaries or would it be routines? Or if you've got older children, teenagers, would you, do you need some mentoring put in? So that's what we'll discuss, you know. And um, on all of them, just because you're having parenting issues, it's not necessarily your children. You may, they may be reacting, but we have to look first uh, what is where you are in your life? What is going on for you? Is there anything that's stopping you from being fully available? You know, 
have you got problems at work have you got mental health issues have have you just not been parented well yourself and you're you don't really know what to do you know so simple things really that we just chat first and um then you know when you agree to have a package with me i offer six sessions and it's fortnightly and they're two hours and you'll have to you find your own options you've got full responsibility of what goes on in those sessions and your actions and things you need to do between between those fortnightly sessions um you'll understand things that you can do immediately things that sort of maybe will take two or three weeks or a couple of months to do and then the long-term picture so that you're you're evolving you're developing and you might find like after the second or third session oh i know what i'm doing with that but i've got another thing i want to um work on so if the um thing you want to work on is too big we'll break it down you know because there's lots of different things that you might come up with and think oh i'm struggling with this but there's also that so we prioritize and it gives you a full um I suppose idea of what you can manage you you'll learn your skills yourself, you'll put in the right boundaries that suit your family um, and the routines. You'll know the guidance that you need. You know what you need to do for yourself so that that you continue that loving bond. It gets stronger and stronger. So you'll always be there for your kids. And when they grow teenagers, young adults into adulthood and have families of their own, that relationship will be superb. You know, it just keep on growing in the right way. And are, are the sessions, are they via Zoom only or the mix of Zoom and in person, depending on what the client wants? No, it's all all Zoom calls. And can... All online. Is, is it separated um, in terms of you'll have, say, the parents do one session and then the child, or can the child and the parents sit in on the session or how does it how does that work as well? Right. For, for the younger children, it's just the parents and the parents are individual. So I don't have two parents on at the same time because... You're two individual people. You've been parented differently. You have your own um, venues and opinions of things and views. So you don't want to have any clashes going on, you know. So you might decide as a parent, well, I'll do three sessions and I'll do the other three. Or you might say, okay, well, I'll have six fully and you, I'll have six. So it's up to you, you know, what you choose. The um, mentoring is for teenagers with all the parents in and you're in in the same room, but and you bring in a, your siblings at first for the first session, who can speak and say, "Well, this is a situation I feel that's going on in the home due to this whatever it is that's going on." And usually, everyone picks about two or three topics you want to talk about in that session. You know, the teenager will say, "Well, I think mum and dad's too." Um, regimented in what they want from me and you know whatever and the the parent might say well I'm fed up with him not listening not doing his homework or fed up with him he goes out and never know where he is so you have that and each one has a time when they can speak and address it to the other person which means that um you don't have conflict going on and they make like a contract there which they agree they sign and it's you know who's going to do what for the week from now to the second week and they don't discuss it outside those sessions right and is is um 
I mean, do you find in your experience so far of of having these sessions that you know the the, the parents and the child are what they come to you for that you see a progression over Definitely. time and an improvement uh, yeah it, it, it can improve as quickly as a second session it just depends on the individual family and the, and the children but yeah so where are you on social media so, so if somebody's to get in touch with you on social media are you on the facebook's the linkedin's the instagrams uh, and so yeah, on link, link, linkedin facebook and instagram and what's the best way to get in touch with you? Is it via your website? I think my website's probably the best one because, like I said, you can you book the exploratory session through my website. And any last tips for the listeners that are embarking on a journey of parent-child relationships? Any, any lasting, any final thoughts before we go? Yeah, definitely. Um, don't be so hard on yourself being parents. Parenting isn't natural we don't know what we're doing until we have our children um some people take it you know like jumping in and they can swim other people struggle a bit but um everyone every parent can improve their situation with their children and find a better way to parent and communicate with children well also to say on behalf of myself and uh the rest of the listeners uh thanks so much to uh Cathy Bowers for chatting today on the uh, Wellbeing and Career World podcast. As soon as the podcast has been approved, um, it'll be released on all the social media uh, platforms. So thanks so much, uh, Cathy, for chatting today on the uh, podcast. It's a real pleasure. Thank you.